Hey, everybody. Welcome to this week of pre-IPO Stocks Podcast with me. I got Nick Fusco, CEO of 8View, a pre-IPO secondary market pricing company, and Clint Sorensen, Chief Investment Officer at WellShield, an outsourced CIO and investment research company. Okay, we've got three topics for today. First, we've got Deal, which I got to tell you is one of my favorite companies out there, right? But Nick and 8View put together a great report this week. I'll add all the stuff in in post-production, Nick, but why don't you, could you open us up and just let us know what uh, your thoughts on deal and, and we can get into it with them. Sure thing. So uh, speaking, speaking through the deal, uh, what is it? What, what is it all about? First and foremost, it is up. So it's about uh, 14% up within, within its own space. Uh, I would probably land them in uh, the HR tech space so that there are some peers there. Uh, but they're a legal uh, leading provider of global payroll and compliance. So for anyone that hires multiple employees across multiple states, you'll know that this is a pretty monumental headache. They kind of solve the problem when you're going international as well. So that's that's really, really big. Um, I have no ownership of deal. I'm not saying that for any other reason other than uh, running my own business. It is quite a nightmare. Uh, they've got something like 15,000 active customers, revenues continually growing, and I mean, they're working from companies the same size as our own, maybe on this call, all the way up to bigger shops like a Reebok, Shopify, Revolut, uh, and the like. So really coming out of nowhere, explosive growth from deal. And this year is no uh, no different for them. So, so Clint, like we had talked, I think maybe six months ago about this concept of companies that were way down in secondary market valuation, but revenue was way up, right? So I went into pitch book, like deals revenue from 2020 to 2021 was up 470%. And then from 2021 to 2022, are you ready? It was up 417%. So these guys are like crazy growth, right? $295 $295 million in 2022 revenue. And I would have to think they're probably still cranking this year, right? But like, talk talk to us about, like, give us your thoughts on why you like these companies. I mean, it's probably obvious, right? But why you like companies yeah. where revenue is way up, but the price is way down, right? Talk to, talk to us about that. Man, classic, uh, you know, growth at a reasonable price, right? And I think that's uh, that's ultimately what we're, what we're finding in a company like this. When you have revenues up, what they're up that quickly and yet, you know, their uh, what? What was their last round versus what the yeah what their so, current price at? Yeah, last rounds at twelve point five billion, and then based on and this is a little this is like two weeks old, but based off of Nick's uh, secondary market pricing, I haven't met. Um, oh, I'm sorry, last round was twelve point one billion. That was May of two thousand twenty two, and they're at twelve point five now. Right, yeah, see, so it's a steal. Yeah, well, I mean, you you're you're getting it at a reasonable price because you've grown like crazy. So yeah, I, I like names like this, obviously. Yeah, it's a it's an interesting play. And there's other names out there too, I think, in this space as well. But deal, I gotta tell you, this company I think is special. Um, you know, so if you got if you got the guts to kind of get into a business like this, uh, you know, which is 10, 10, 12.5 billion would be in the S P five hundred, right? If it was public. Oh, yeah. It's a that's still a it's a big business. So um, but uh but great company, great company. All right, so let's let's stop there with deal. Let's hit these other two topics because I know we got a hard stop for some of you guys. So uh AI, I would just do a quick AI season. So Google invests two billion dollars in Anthropic, right? It's a little bit of an interesting deal. They're doing five hundred million now and then one point five billion dollars uh down the road. 
They already were in on Anthropic. They invested $300 million for a 10% stake in April of 2023. So this is even bigger. What's kind of unique about this is Anthropic also took money from Amazon. So they now they have like two cloud providers that are you know on the cap table for them. But then also in AI news this week, and this is really what I guess I want to get you guys' thoughts on, the White House came out with this AI executive order where they're starting to like regulate AI, right? So really what I want to know, like, so like Nick, do you think like, regulation for software, which really, I mean, there's been, there's obviously regulation in a lot of places, but not like this, right? Is this a good thing or is it a, or is it a bad thing? I think it's just in general. I think it was well played by the government and in, in actually we responded to a reporter on this one. Um, effectively, you're, you're going that within the biggest and, and, baddest kind of companies out there, the ones that are dominating the, the space from your Googles to your Metas, um, but but right down to the Anthropics and um, and OpenAIs, I mean, that are that are new. Like, there are three companies in that mix. One is seven years old, one is three years old, and one is two years old. They're coming out of nowhere that have signed um, the documentation, their commitment to the, to the White House on this. So it's pretty cool that they are promoting a safer, more trustworthy AI. And I think by sheer essence of, of what this technology plays and the fact that we do have these younger companies in the mix, it's such a competitive landscape. So it's, it's kind of setting a nicer precedent uh, without really stifling competition, I don't think. I, I, I think the wording was very well done uh, by the White House on, on this, having read um, kind of the press press release and then the, the trust and I forget what the, it was called, but the, yeah. the guidelines they put out as well. It, it was thoughtfully put together. Um, kind of came as a surprise when I saw it blast out, but there was a, a lot of thought that went in here. They thought about the Department of Defense. They thought about the uh, Justice Department. They thought about the uh, Department of Health. A lot of things were addressed in that. Uh, so it's definitely worth giving a read. I, I, I think it was well put together. Yeah, there was a good fact sheet out there for those interested in having to read. But so... so Positive, positive remarks positive. from yeah, from Nick. Thumbs up. So, so Clint, like, there's this idea of regulatory capture. Like, this guy Bill Gurley, who was like uh, at Benchmark Ventures, right? Like, kind of a really notable uh, Silicon Valley fellow. Um, you know, he gave this talk a couple weeks back about regulatory capture, and this is like everyone's talking about this in my little circles, right? About regulatory capture. The White House comes out with this stuff. Now there's regulation around AI. If you're a startup AI company, how do you you can't now yet it's extra capital, right? To meet all these. Do you think there's something to that? Is this in fact regulatory capture where like the big firms are trying to ring fence AI for themselves? Or do you think this is, you know, like we need this just like we need securities laws for the SEC and FINRA and the like? I think genuinely, you know, generally you you regulation is uh, serves a purpose, but the libertarian in me believes that sometimes it also stifles the growth cycle, right? Because I think that big companies who have the bigger dollars and lobbying dollars, they kind of prevent their ultimate demise by, uh, I hate to say it, that lobbying uh, instead of what I would typically call lobbying, which is bribery and other uh, in other circles. But I guess you can call it lobbying today. Uh, but yeah, yep. in lobbying, and tend to, they tend to use these lobbying dollars to influence policy that has the effect of benefiting the larger companies who are providing the lobbying dollars. So again, that's my libertarian viewpoint. That is just a perspective. 
I'm not completely against regulation. Like, I think securities regulation is super important. I think regulation in most industries is important because we have to we have to uh, do what's best for the end consumer. And I think this industry needs to be regulated. I just hate to see it led by big platform businesses, which have uh, you know an outsized gain on the back of this. Yeah, yeah. What What do you think, Nick? You had something you wanted to say there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. The, the way it was set up, and I, I found the, uh, the the title, and it was Ensuring Safe, Secure, and Trustworthy AI. Um, so the the signatories of that were the big big name companies that you recognize, and the younger ones were Anthropic, Inflection AI, uh, and OpenAI. And okay. I don't think it's going to really affect the libertarian in you because really it's showing these monsters that can accommodate a lot of these ideas of ensuring security, ensuring trust, et cetera, will do it. But it's not trying to stifle the little guys in, in the way I've read it. It's not as though that regulation is going to affect everyone out there uh, that is coming up with the next chat GPT. Um, that's why I think this is this is rather, um, rather well done, because yeah. it does want to encourage growth. And it actually even uh, alludes to government dollars being spent towards wow. this sector. Very positive. So, Very so positive. I, yeah, I think... And I'm totally, yeah, I'm not anti-regulation by any sense, but I, but I think there's a propensity to over-regulate in certain circumstances, and I, I don't think this is one of those. I think it's so well done. The, the, I got it right. It's again, I think it's yeah, it's encouraging because the government knows if they over-regulate this, that we're going to be caught behind the other countries in terms of right. competitive war for AI, right? So I yeah, think right. it's, they're trying to do a, a healthy balance and just kind of leading by example. I think. By, by yeah. corralling those 15 signatories, probably more by right. now. Well, I, I got to say, self, selfishly, I do hope there's a little bit of regulatory capture there because I just bought OpenAI stock. So I would love to see <laughs> that go up by several multiples. <laughs> but we'll here, see. Yeah. Right, yeah. We'll see. But, uh, but uh, okay, let's hit, let's hit this last topic, uh, fellow. So, okay, X, Twitter, X. So Musk has now owned X, used to be Twitter, for a year. It's been one year, okay, since he walked into that building with the sink, if you remember that, to remember that. It was and just this week in, in like culmination with the with the one year marking. So they he bought the company at forty four billion. It's now at nineteen nineteen billion dollars. Is the this announced. They just announced they're issuing shares to employees at nineteen, right? So that's a fifty seven percent disc decrease. I know Nick. So before I get to my question, Nick, you were mentioning earlier that you got some you got some data on uh, on AFU, right? Secondary market data on AFU. So perhaps sure it thing. could be even even lower than nineteen. Yeah. So when you say nineteen, I didn't want to interrupt, but I wanted to, to just put a shout out. Is it is it nineteen or is that where uh, he's pricing it? Yeah. So, so I uh, you're totally right. I I did also see in the news from a. Uh, a reasonable source that the RSUs went out to employees. So I think it was like 45 bucks on those, um, which we assume is equivalent to that 19 billion uh, valuation. But uh, yeah, we, we will say new data is coming in that we're seeing across APU, definitely lower. Um, not going to give the pure dollar price on that. But sure. I think, yeah, when you would sign your own valuation, I, I mean, you could do that, uh, issue shares there. Yeah. Uh, your 409A is probably south of that, which is pretty normal, but... Yeah, uh, where's the market going to price you? So I think, yeah, that's yeah, there's, super there's, interesting. There's definitely some some wiggle room on that price. All right, so then this kind of begs the question, right, Clint? So like, you know, tw Musk is pretty clear, and they're like starting to publish, you know, 
uh, publicly their you know town hall meetings inside the company and things like this. Musk is trying to turn Twitter, I think, into like a WeChat in China, where it's like the everything app, right? They have banking, they have social media, they have like LinkedIn, like all this stuff in the US where we have like different apps that do this stuff. Musk seems to want to do this just within one app, right? So is this is this a good idea, right? Do you think like Americans want an everything app? Like, would you want an everything app where you do everything in one app? I'm the worst one to ask this to because I use Twitter every day. It's my news source, right? So I literally go on Twitter and it's so user-friendly from or Twitter, X. I go on X and I look at news, right? That's how I get my news sources, how I get my information. It's a lot easier than me clicking on all these different news sources to find it. I read a ton of articles. I spend more time on X than any other app that I have in my phone which is uh, amazing considering that I'm kind of anti-app anyway. Right. Um, but I think, I think there's a place for this, right? For people like me who like uh, a simple solution to go to for particular use cases, where, whether it be uh, you know, news like I use it. Some people use it for content marketing. A lot of people use it for content marketing or advertising. And I think it's a, you know, a useful platform from that perspective. And I actually like Spaces a lot too. I listen to Spaces especially when it comes to FinTwit, right? Financial Twitter. So I think there's a lot of useful applications there. And I do think people want it, um, especially if you're kind of an anti-meta uh, from the Facebook platform perspective. Like I'm not a big Facebook user uh, like I was in college, but I'm, I'm you know, I don't use Facebook. I use X now. And so I think yep, that yep. is, uh, yeah, I think it's useful. And I actually like that valuation. If it's getting down that low, I might be calling you yeah. and picking up a few shares. I got you. So, Amen. Yeah. Amen. So, but, 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 okay. So, so like, but Nick, would you, would you, you know, bank through X? Like, would you move no. your direct deposit to X? Per, per, yeah, personally, no. I think it's, there's, there's so much political noise. I think it's a great source for news. But once you start bringing into into the fact the noise, like when I log on to my bank, I'm not getting advertised about something other than like a low APR for a new credit card. I don't know. Right, um, right. Or, or whatever the hell it is. But I don't want that from, like Clint said, my news source. I'm happy to have other things piped in there. But I also am not a big fan of all the noise that, that gets pushed through because now there's so much more sponsored content uh, and hopefully that's driving some revenue for them. But I, I kind of doubt if you're looking at, let's say, the, the, the growth multiple applied to that valuation or if anyone's putting that on there, they're doing much of anything. I think there was a yeah. huge yeah. disruption because of COVID, a huge disruption because, because of Elon Musk's takeover. And now a lot of that's going to fade away, right? So what is that valuation going to be based on is, is, is my thought. So yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, the guy's deep value and it's cool at, at yeah. 10 million or something, but or billion, but well, he doesn't, he yeah. doesn't, it's, it's to me, to me, it seems like this is not a social media. At least he's not going to, it's not going to be an advertising based revenue model anymore. Like he has plans to make this a much like a multi-stream type revenue model uh, totally. business, which yeah, I think it, changes, totally changes the investment profile or the investment thesis. Right. Yeah, if you, if you guys are on there, definitely more more than I am. I'm, I I need to up my uh, the Fusco yeah. at the Fusco kid or whatever. Yeah, that's I think, right. I think that's, I think right. that's my handle. Um, don't don't you think that you're you're seeing less appropriate uh, sources come to light though? I mean, remember all the media 
um, like all the journalists got pissed off because of yeah. the blue checkmark thing. A lot of them left and maybe they're coming back. But now you can't differentiate some random person in XYZ state versus someone from the Wall Street Journal very easily. Yeah, I'm so okay with that. If we're if we're coming in and trying to take this as our news, yeah. you could but things could be spoofed a whole lot easier, right? For sure. Um, I actually I my opinion on it, I would much rather um I would much rather have the information and then I can decide myself if it's accurate or not versus having some third party like put their stamp of approval on it for me, you know? So, but maybe that's, you know, maybe that's a more, maybe other people don't feel like that. I could see other people just want to get spoon feed, spoon fed, like, you know, just give it to me. Give me the facts, you know? Uh, I, yeah, I'm the spoon fed side guy. Like, Read, give me the Wall Street Journal and New York Times, and, I, and then I can yeah. alienate the vocal minority that's screaming about yeah. something that's probably I, not yeah, look, in I the just, corner. Like, that's the, I, the investor in me, though, is like access. To, I just want information right. that other people don't have, right? I feel like it's like a well, more well-informed, like, you know, uh, seeing around corners kind of stuff, right? Like if I And, and that's not going to be in the Wall Street Journal or New York Times, because if it is, then I've like, you know... Everybody knows it. So there's nothing special about that, right? So that that's the beauty of Twitter to me is you get these like you get these like fringe opinions on sure. things, right? Um in a global perspective too. It's it's a sure <clears throat> truly a global platform. So you can tap into, you know, publications out of China, you can tap into publications anywhere, and you can click all it takes is a click to, yeah, to, to see where, you know, what it's coming from yeah. or where it's coming from and if it's valid. And I just, I don't know, from a news perspective, I haven't found anything that beats it. I've even tried other platforms when I got sick of Twitter before Musk took it over. I tried other platforms. I could like curate content where it would pull it for me. And it just isn't user friendly. And plus, plus I love it from a, you know, if you think about FinTwit, which is obviously what we like, um, you're getting access to great minds. I mean, like, you know, Jerry Parker, for instance, one of my mentors, he's on there. I get to tap into that. I get to watch the Paul Tudor Jones uh, Drunken Miller interview yesterday. I get to see yeah. all that in snippets. I get to tap into whatever I want, and it's up to me to kind of curate it. I will tell you, I don't like now where it says for you and then following. Yeah. I just want to see my followers. That's where Nick's point right. gets annoying. It's yeah. like, I don't want to see all this nonsense. So I'm constantly clicking on it and like, do not show me this. Do not show me this. Yeah. Because I don't want to see stuff that they think are my interest. I would rather, just because I clicked on something one time, I'd rather see who I'm following and I follow those people for a reason or those publications for a reason. And that's really all I want. It's yeah. curated content. I'm definitely well, not going to bank with X. Yeah. Well, look, that, I mean, that's the thing to me. That, well, I got to be honest. If he, in fact, pulls this off, X is going to be worth way more than $19 billion, True. right? I mean, Square Square is actually an interesting uh, firm to look at, right? Because, you know, they were doing payments and then they added cash app and then now they're doing checking and savings accounts. I mean, they were like business to business, like, you know, point of sale, you know, uh, revenue type stuff, payments type stuff. And now that now they're like in this consumer facing, they have a huge business, their stock just went up like a rocket ship, right? So there is something to this, like if he can pull off, maybe say it this way. I've seen firsthand the way Chinese people use WeChat. And if he can even tap into a little bit of that, if he can get Americans using some portion of Americans using Twitter or X, like they use Chinese people use WeChat, that is going to be a huge business. That'd be worth a lot of money. So it'd be interesting to see if he can pull it off. But to me, that's the I investment. Think it's a content thesis, right? 
Well, look at the content yeah. platform. He's got people doing shows directly on there. So I think right, right, that right, is right. hugely disruptive but Clint, massive the, audiences. The key, the key, but can we agree on this though, Clint? Like the key for him is building, having these other companies come in and build apps or whatever and leveraging that content or whatever. And like, you know, like inter seamlessly integrating their products into that unique data source yeah. and, and content source. And that's like this, that's the magic in the secret sauce. And if he can yep. pull that off, I see, I could see, you know, I don't know if all Americans would use it, but I can see a healthy portion of people would be, you know, would be down to do that. Right. So, um, yep. it'd be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. All right, fellas, why don't we call it there for the day? It's four o'clock on the dot. And I know we got, some of us got to run, but, uh, but it was good seeing you. I know we didn't do this last week, so I enjoyed getting back together with you guys. Right. So thanks for this. See you on right, See you guys. Okay. Yeah. Man. <laughs> <laughs> like I love it. All right, Nick, That's right, buddy. All right, All right fellas. You, you take care. See you.